It is Ember Friday, Fish Friday. It's the 11th day of the third month in the year of our Lord, A.D. 2022. This is Mike from Restoring the Faith, filling in for the King Dude. It's an honor to be sitting behind his microphone. He's the man upon whose shoulders we all stand. This is the last live radio station there is. If you want to subscribe to my stuff separately, you can find me at RestoringTheFaith.com, Restoring the Faith Media on YouTube, Restoring the Faith on Twitter. And this is your weekly reminder, by the way, on Fish Friday. <clears throat> That's fish with a PH. Because one week ago, Church Millicent, Militant, I almost said malicious, launched a phishing attack on some people on Twitter. So now every Fish Friday is going to be my solemn reminder never to click a link from Church Militant because it may contain malware. We're going to be talking about economics today. I'm with you for two hours. We're talking about the news, Russia, Russia, Russia. And I have a very special segment as well, which I might actually bring to the top of our time together. I'm going to be talking about homo narcissism. Yes, that homo narcissism. It's uh, something that needs to be discussed every now and then. It's a common thread that we're seeing. And I'm going to share with you some breaking news. In fact, let's go to that right now. Jesse Smollett. Do you remember him? Jesse Smollett. I liked... um, I liked how Dave Chappelle called him Juicy Smollett. That one, that one uh, just, just rings true. Jesse Smollett, the homosexual actor from the disgraced TV series Empire. Do you remember him? In the height of the Trump re-election campaign, Juicy Smollett was savagely attacked. All he was trying to do at 2 o'clock in the morning at 15 degrees below zero, in the dead of winter, in Chicagoland, was buy a sandwich from Subway. Because that's what normal people do at 2 in the morning, when it's negative 15 degrees outside, in Chicago. I should call it Chirac. He was savagely attacked by two men who were wearing MAGA hats, And they brought a noose with them, and they threw bleach on him, and they said, this is MAGA country. And then they said words, supposedly, that I cannot repeat even on this radio station, the last live radio station there is. But you know which words they supposedly said. Then it came to pass, ladies and gentlemen, that there was more to the story. Juicy Smollett was not assaulted by two white guys wearing MAGA hats. He was assaulted by two black guys wearing MAGA hats. Oh, that's interesting. Two black guys wearing MAGA hats in Chicago at 2 in the morning? Hmm. That raises the eyebrow. And then it turns out that he knew these fellows, that they were his trainers. And then it turns out that he bought the noose and had the receipt from Home Depot in his apartment when the Chicago PD investigated uh every single news media outlet in the world carried the story it was a hate crime it was a hate crime because those MAGA people are just so racist 
against gay black men like Juicy Smollett. Well, he's just been sentenced to prison time, 150 days in prison. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, on this Fish Friday, how do you think a gay faker, actor, you know, somebody who's used to the high, soft life, somebody who lives the the glamorous red carpet, how do you think he's going to fare in a Chicago penitentiary for 150 days where there are hardened criminals there? This, this story actually got me thinking about homo-narcissism, though, because when you analyze what Juicy Smollett did, his fake, his deep fake, his false flag almost... He deceptively wanted you to disbelieve what your five senses tell you. He wanted to generate a false narrative for you. He wanted you to fall under the spell of his own weaving. This is what homo narcissists do. I have, I'm going to talk about multiple examples of these people because I believe that homo-narcissism is one of the greatest forces for evil in our country, and it has been unleashed by fake Catholic usurper-in-chief Joe Biden, who continues to appoint homo-narcissists to the highest offices in his cabinet. I'm going to be talking about Buttigieg, of course, Secretary of Transportation. Doesn't seem to know what his exhaust pipe is for. His so-called husband, Buttigieg's husband. And I think I have another clip, too. What's the other clip I have here? Ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember the hacker? Let's go to that. The hacker who outed Give, Send, Go. I have the audio clip. He comes out and he says, I hacked Give, Send, Go. I released the name of the truckers. I did it. I would do it again. I would do it a hundred times. I'm a famous hacker. You can Google my name. I'm not afraid of you. What are you going to do? I edited out the various profanities and profanations and blasphemies from this clip. It's about a minute long. I'm going to play it for you, and then we're going to analyze it this is the epitome of homo-narcissism. Nothing scares me. Nothing. Yes, I doxed the truckers! I did it! It was me! I hacked Gibson Go, baby! And I'd do it again! I'd do it a hundred times! I did it! I did it! Come at me! What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to me, huh? I hacked Epic Hosting! I hacked Parlor! I hacked Gab! I hacked Truth Social! I hacked Go Gibson Go! I don't care! I'm you can literally put my name into the news tab on Google! And you can find everything I've done! I am literally in every mainstream media publication for the things that I do! I'm not an unknown actor! I'm literally a famous cyber terrorist. 
And you think that you can scare me? See, they always default to the pedophile accusations. They always default to that because they have nothing else. It's actually some projection. That guy, I want to see his browser history. That guy loves little girls. I've hunted pedophiles. I've outed pedophile rings online. I have gotten pedophiles arrested, buddy. You have no idea who the hell I am. There isn't proof of that, you fucking lying little Die! I'm going to restart this live. Come back. Yeah, be sure and come back. Uh, I may have gone overboard in my little screed, and so I'm going to try to delete this before somebody screen grabs it. This young man up in Canada with pink hair looks like a fruitcake. Perfect for fag Friday. Oh, did I say that? For fish Friday. Sorry. In which we're talking about homo narcissism. What you, what you gather from that particular clip are two things. First is the desperate need to project an image of self-importance. The desperate need to project how macho he is. What are you going to do to me? I'm not scared. These are all of my crimes. I'm admitting my crimes online in a live stream. Because that's how tough I am. See, homo narcissists want you to believe that they're not the fairies that they were when they were young boys. Homo narcissists are desperately trying to escape from the true reality that they're really just effeminate little weak boys. And this, as Dr. E. Michael Jones writes in his book, which I really want you to buy, I'm putting it into the live chat right now, in the Crusader chat. I want you to buy this book by Dr. E. Michael Jones. It's just now in print. He doesn't sell books that are out of print, so it was hard to get this book if you wanted to buy it two weeks ago. He's just done a fresh printing of it. It's called The Man Behind the Curtain, Michael Voris and the Homosexual Vortex. And it is a very well done psychological study of homo narcissism because what dr jones argues in his book is that these people this jesse smollett famously lies to you this canadian hacker michael voris of course these homo narcissists are self-hating is what he says in the book they're self-loathing and when a man is self-loathing, when he hates himself, then he is desperate to escape the reality of that. He's desperate to escape the reality of his own despicable, disordered nature. And so he has to project a tough guy. So that's the first observation about this Canadian hacker. I hacked, give, send, go. What are you going to do to me? The other thing that really jumps out and this is this is an instinct uh, that homo narcissists do as good of a job as they can to keep it under wraps it's the instinct to destroy 
It's the instinct to hate. It's the instinct to lash out. It's an instinct of violence. He can't control himself. Somebody accuses him of being a pedophile. And his response is, die. 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 There's certainly a death instinct within the homo narcissist mindset. This is why most active or formerly active homosexuals are pro-choice. They hate life. They hate human life because they hate themselves. They're self-loathing. They're self-destructive. And therefore, they're destructive to other human life. Uh, Those are two things that jumped out at me anyway. Here's your secretary of the treasury. Sorry, I'm laughing because I was laughing at my own joke from earlier. He doesn't know what his exhaust pipe is for. His tailpipe is not an input, booty judge. It's an output. Here he is telling us, um, well, if you don't like high gas prices, just buy a Tesla. Clean transportation can bring significant cost savings for the American people as well. Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. Um, gas prices are getting too high. I am going to talk about the economy. Um, I just, uh, You know, I have a small announcement for you folks. I have just accepted a part-time adjunct position lecturing at a business school at a Catholic college. I won't tell you which one. And I'm very excited about it because I'm going to be talking about corporate finance. That's what I'm teaching. And one of the rules of corporate finance, of course, is that debt is your friend. And the underlying the underlying assumption behind modern debt theory is that inflation is good thing, a necessary thing, and an inevitable thing. But inflation is a secret, insidious tax that we all pay. It's government-invented. It's invented by man. And it's a tool used by certain communities. I don't know if I should name them here. You know who they are. To tax us all. Now, we haven't seen inflation like this in a generation, and the inflation is hitting us most Obviously, at the fuel pump. Where I live, just two years ago, gas was in the $1.80 range. It's now popped over $4. I can't imagine on the elite coasts what the gas prices are there. But Pete Buttigieg, your Secretary of Transportation who incidentally was neighbors with Dr. E. Michael Jones, speaking of Dr. Jones and the psychology of homo narcissists, Pete Buttigieg has a solution for you. Just buy a Tesla. Just buy a Tesla, ladies and gentlemen. I have all your problems. Just buy a Tesla. Now, this is... This is, these are not the drones you're looking for. This is a Jedi mind trick he's trying to pull on people because this is what homo narcissists do. They try to distract you from the objective truth of the matter that inflation is killing people. 
It's killing our pocketbooks. It's decimating the middle class in these United States. It is an insidious secret tax that we all pay. And Biden, even with the power of the pen, has the ability to make this inflation stop. But he doesn't want to. In fact, some of his administration officials, including his director of the EPA, are saying, we don't want inflation to stop. We want pressure on fossil fuels. Let me see if I can play this clip from another homo narcissist. Here he is. Under President Biden and Vice President Harris's leadership, we're pressing the accelerator to reach a zero emissions future sooner than most people thought. EPA's two announcements today are about seizing the opportunity that technology presents and driving towards a cleaner, healthier, more just future for all of our children. The first of the first of these is EPA's clean truck proposal. 72 million people are estimated to live near truck freight routes in America. And they're more likely people of color and those with lower income. Those overburdened communities are directly... Oh, you don't hear it. Well, thanks for telling me. The EPA director is saying that we are speeding towards zero emissions. That's what he's saying. We're speeding towards zero emissions. And he says it with a lisp. He says it with a lisp. Now, here's the reason why these people are wanting to distract you from the reality. Because this is the, this is the next tenet of homo narcissism. Homo narcissists have the solution to all your problems. They want to run your life. They want to tell you. They want to govern. Hitler was a homo narcissist. They want to have a command and control economy. There is a link between homo narcissism and usury. And the same people who bring you usury and who entrap you in usurious debt, the same people who control society via usury, those people are inextricably connected to homo narcissism. This is why so many of the Hollywood elites are both members of the usurious community and homo narcissists. They want to tell you how to live. They want to create a fairy tale of themselves and project an image of, their, of themselves because they are self-loathing. And they want to control your thermostats, your light bulbs, how many children you have, and which cars you drive. The instinct to control within the homo narcissist is... Um, is really telling. But the final tenet of homo narcissist, before I, I, I get off this, uh, this topic here, this one is the most disturbing. And you've seen it, I've seen it, we've all seen it. Homo narcissists have an urge, just like all biological creatures have an urge, to reproduce. But of course, the homo narcissist the Jesse Smollett, the 
EPA director, Pete Buttigieg, the man written about by Dr. E. Michael Jones. The homo narcissist cannot reproduce naturally. They do have an urge to reproduce because they have an urge to spread their ideology. And so how do they do it? How does the homo narcissist reproduce? Well, it's called grooming. And this is the final, uh, most despicable, most stunning of the instincts of the homo narcissist. They go after the children. They go after your children. They go after my children. They target children. We see this all the time. We see this in the mainstream news. We see it on libs of TikTok. Teachers that are grooming children. This is Pete Buttigieg's husband inventing a new Pledge of Allegiance with children in which he is urging them to pledge allegiance to the rainbow flag. All right. I pledge my heart. To the rainbow. Of the not so typical gay camp. One camp. Full of pride. Indivisible. With affirmation and equal rights for all. That is your Secretary of Transportation's so-called husband. And he is in a crowd. I've seen the video. There's a video component of this. He is grooming 45 children to normalize his disordered behavior. And that is how they reproduce. Now, you know that this this particular... Uh, dynamic duo here, this this double trouble. The booty judges have adopted uh, a little baby, or maybe two. So they're going to raise directly and groom directly. That's their method of reproducing. This, I, I, I can't, I cannot overstate the danger to this. Homo narcissists are ruining the world. They're ruining the Catholic Church. They're ruining secular government. They're, they're ruining our culture. They have to be confronted. And they have to be called what they are. They're despicable. They are corrupting the morals of society. They are recruiting from public schools and your children and my children. And it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. How do we stop it? How do we oppose it? How do we defeat the homo narcissists? Well, the same way we defeat the communists. by one ordinary man and one ordinary woman getting together, having an ordinary marriage, raising ordinary children, it is the most extraordinary thing in the world. We need families, 
We need husbands who are protectors and providers of their families. We need wives who nurture their children, raise them, and teach them. That's what we need. Our Lady of Fatima said that the final battle for mankind would be fought for the family. It would be about the family. Homo narcissists despise the family. This is why I'm being sued by a homo narcissist. Because he hates my family. He hates my six children. He hates that I've provided for them. That I've protected them. That I'm raising them in a normal life. He won't come out and admit it. But this is why they always lash out against families. This is why the homo narcissists hate families. It's demonic. Demons can't reproduce. All they can do is destroy. All they can do is pervert nature. That's what a demon does. And there's a link, and then this is going to transition into our discussion about economics here in a little bit. There is a link, ladies and gentlemen, between homo narcissism and economics. I've already alluded to it. There's an inextricable link between usury and sodomy. Those two things always come in pairs. That's the real double trouble, usury and sodomy. Usury always leads to sodomy. It always has. From its introduction in Italy, usury's introduction, there was always sodomy, which accompanied it. What is the link between these two things? I've been thinking about this, trying to understand why they always come in pairs. This is the best I could think of. Usury attempts to make something which is sterile, i.e. money, fertile. Usury takes something which ought not reproduce, i.e. money, and compels it to reproduce. Sodomy, on the other hand, takes something which is fertile, which ought to be fertile, and sterilizes it. That's the link. Both are the perversion, the inverse, the diabolical inversion of fertility or infertility. I think that's the link. Um, Some of you in the Crusader Stadium, this is an active chat this morning, ladies and gentlemen, almost a hundred of you. They're talking about usury, financial, sodomy. Yeah, I think that that's true. I think that usury is a form of financial sodomy. But I think the deeper philosophical comparison is really about making something that is sterile fertile and making something that is fertile sterile. And as we know, all biological creatures have an urge to reproduce. We all do, or at least we should. 
if you are a homo narcissist and you cannot reproduce biologically, you can at least attempt to reproduce financially. Because reproducing financially, growing in your financial powers, in your cultural influence, is one way of exerting authority over people around you since you have no natural authority over anyone. And so this is why the pervert prefers a perversion of money and the money power. This is why at the heart of the money powers, you will always find sodomy. It will always be there at the heart of the money powers. Because it is an attempt to generate new life. It is an attempt to generate life on earth. To create. To be fertile. To be fruitful and multiply. This is the great commandment given to humanity by Almighty God in Genesis, to be fruitful and multiply. And the homo narcissist interprets that in a financial way, to be fruitful and multiply his money because he is incapable of true fertility. Now, usury is really what is killing us today. And it has a link to inflation. And we are dealing with inflation right now, aren't we? We're dealing with it. I told you at the top of the show that inflation is a man-made myth. And it is. It is. Inflation comes in two forms. It's either the debasement of the currency or... It is the relative increase in the cost of goods which you need to buy relative to the purchasing power of that currency. Either way, you can debase the currency or you can drive up the cost of things, such as by reducing the overall quantity of available goods, such as by closing down a pipeline. Either way, you get inflation. But... Here's why inflation and usury are linked. I'm going to unveil this to you, and I'm going to try to do it before this hour closes, and it's going to take a minute. Suppose, ladies and gentlemen, suppose that you have a mortgage on your house for $200,000. And suppose at the time of signing this mortgage, A Hershey's bar costs $1. You could say, in a roundabout way, that the total value, the stated value of the debt on your home is worth 200,000 Hershey's bars. Right? Hershey's bar is a dollar. Your debt is stated. It's a fixed amount, $200,000. So it's 200,000 Hershey's bars. Now, if you're the government and you have a debt of $200,000 as expressed as Hershey's bars, you have a debt of 200,000 Hershey's bars, if you're a government, 
And you don't ever really re- plan on repaying that debt. One of the ways that you can sort of abstract that debt away from yourself, obscure the debt, is by inflation. You inflate the debt away. You inflate the debt away. What does that mean? Well, instead of taking 30 years and paying 200,000 Hershey's bars over the course of 30 years, what if you inject some inflation into the economy to the point where a Hershey's bar now costs $2? Suppose that at the time, okay, so follow me. When you signed the debt, you owed 200,000 Hershey's bars. But by the magical power of inflation, now a Hershey's bar costs $2. So how many Hershey's bars will it take to pay back your debt? It's only 100000 You've just cut your debt in half. You've just cut your debt in half using the power of inflation. You've inflated your debt away. Our government spends more than it takes in. Our government spends like drunken sailors. We have the largest debt and the largest deficit of any human being to ever walk the face of the planet Earth. Every single man, woman, and child in this country is in debt to the government to the tune of $200,000 each. Every child born today, and there will be many born today, every child born today is born hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. First of all, how is that fair? Is this not generational theft? But secondly, this is related to usury. This is a cynical attempt by politicians of all stripes, Republican or Democrat, to use inflation to hide their own usurious misdeeds. Go back to the mortgage scenario. Suppose instead, remember, $200,000 mortgage, 200,000 Hershey's bars. What if you can get a Hershey's bar to cost $10? What if over the course of 30 years, you can get a Hershey's bar to cost $200,000? What if you can do it just a little bit incrementally every single year? A little bit of inflation compounding upon itself every year. 3 percent, 4 percent, 2 percent, 5 percent, 1 percent, 3 percent, 10 percent, 7 percent, every single year, compounding upon itself, inflation, 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 inflation. Could you theoretically, like a boiling 
pot full of frogs, could you boil them to death with inflation without them knowing? Could you get to the point where a Hershey's bar costs $1,000? If a Hershey's bar costs $1,000 and your debt, your initial debt on your house was 200000 what is that, 20 Hershey's bars? 200 Hershey's bars? Instead of paying 200,000 Hershey's bars back, you only have to pay 2,000 Hershey's bars back. That means that you were able to take the benefit of spending today, getting the house today, and inflating away your debt tomorrow. Abstracting it away. This is the game. This is the game that the banksters are playing. This is the game that the World Economic Forum is playing, that the IMF is playing, that the World Bank is playing, and all central banks are playing, including commercial banks. This is the game J.P. Morgan Chase is playing, Citigroup, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. The game that they are playing is time value of money, it's inflation, it's usury, all of modern finance, all of modern finance hinges upon the assumption that you'd rather have a dollar today than a dollar tomorrow because a dollar is worth less tomorrow because of inflation. All of modern finance assumes that. It's built into the math. It's built into the math, not only the math that I took at the postgraduate level, summa cum laude, by the way, but also the math which I will be teaching this coming fall. It's built into the mathematical equations of modern finance, the time value of money, the calculation of net present value, the calculation of internal rates of return, return on investment, ROIs. All the math of modern finance presupposes the idea that your dollar is worth more today than it is tomorrow because, comma, inflation. Inflation has been normalized. It has been normalized. It is, it's, it's like the sky above us. It's just accepted as part of the reality of modern finance. And yet, here's the dirty little secret. This is the dirty little secret that Mike Church talks about on the last live radio station there is. I know he talks about it. I've heard him. We don't need to have inflation. There's no actual need for it. It is man-made. It is not of God. It is of man. It is made by a creature. Inflation is an insidious, secret tax levied upon us by central banks, by the money powers, by the banksters, by the Rothschilds, it is a secret tax that we all have to pay so that they can get out from underneath their own usurious activities. Inflation drives up the cost of goods and services that you and I need to live. Energy, food, housing, clothing, transportation. These are the essentials of modern life. Inflation makes those things harder to come by so that the money powers 
can continue in their usury. And I want to end this segment by telling you a thing that you may not know about usury. Usury is a mortal sin. It is a mortal sin in the Roman Catholic Church. People go to hell for the sin of usury. For the first 15 centuries of the Roman Catholic Church, for the first 15 centuries, usury was considered to be a sin which cried out to heaven for vengeance, and it was so grave that the usurer was denied ecclesiastical burial, just like the suicide. The usurer was buried apart from the Christian. There was a separate graveyard for usurers and suicides. Those two were lumped together, and sodomites too. Any grave sinner, anyone who died outside of the Catholic Church, heretics, schismatics, Usurers, sodomites, suicides, people who died in mortal sin were buried apart from Christians because they are presumed to be in hell. You don't get a solemn requiem mass if you're in hell. And usury was defined as 1% interest on a loan. 1%, even less than 1%. 0.1%. Any interest on alone is how the church defined usury for more than 1500 years almighty god did not want a christian society in which we charge interest to each other on loans almighty god did not want a christian society in which money made money for the sake of money Almighty God wanted us to live in true charity. True charity to neighbor. True justice. He wanted us to lend money to each other in our times of need with no interest. That's what he wanted. That's what he wanted. It's scriptural. It not only comes to us from divine writ, from scripture, it comes to us for 1,500 years of the Roman Catholic Church. In fact, the definition of usury, initially, this is going to scare you people, it didn't just involve charging interest on loans, it also was concerned with the buying and selling of wares, of things, of goods and services. Price gouging, for example, is a form of usury. If the value of a water bottle is a dollar, and suddenly someone desperately needs the water bottle because there's been a flood or a fire or some other calamity, and you know that they're so desperate that they will pay $5 and you charge them $5, that is a form of usury. That is a form of usury. It's an injustice. It is an extraction. It is an eating up of the other person's wealth. 
It is an ill-gotten gain. Usury was illegal in church history for 1,500 years until the Italian merchants brought usury into Christendom. If you want, I'll recommend, I'll recommend a good book on this subject. And by the way, this will, uh, I'm, I'm taking this whole book and I'm trying to distill it down into just one chapter of my forthcoming book on money, banking, finance, and economics. But if you want to know the full history of the sin of usury, there's a great book by Michael Hoffman. It's called Usury. The sin that was and is no longer. <clears throat> Hoffman argues very definitively that all the fathers of the church, all the early doctors of the church, all the encyclicals of the early church condemned usury in the strongest form. St. Thomas Aquinas condemned it. The students of St. Thomas Aquinas condemned it. St. Augustine condemned it. St. Jerome condemned it. They condemned it in the strongest of terms. Now, I can see in the Crusader Stadium, a lot of you are saying, but what about inflation? What about inflation? And I will concede to you, and I will grant to you, that the strict prohibition against usury it's tough it's tough in an inflationary environment isn't it it's tough if you lend your money to someone and charge them 0% interest meanwhile inflation is at 10% you're actually losing out you're losing 10% when they pay that money back aren't you That's a big sacrifice. Here's what I'll submit to you. I will submit to you that the purpose of lending money is not for financial gain. In other words, the securitization of debt, the purpose of making a loan to someone, to your brother, is not a speculation on their business activities. It's not to share in the upside. It's not to profit from the lending of money itself. That's not the purpose of lending money. Or at least, in God's mind, in God's eyes, that's not the purpose of lending money. So I will leave you with that thought. And I think there's more to be said about it. I think there's more to be said about usury. But the link between usury and sodomy is real. It is concrete. And it has been seen in all times and all all places. The Venetian merchants who brought usury into Christendom and normalized it, They were the same people who celebrated sodomy. The early preachers against usury who tried to stop it in Italy from spreading to the rest of Christendom, 
They preached forcefully against the twin evils of usury and sodomy. The money power, the cultural elites in the United States and around the world, in the West, engage in usury and sodomy. These are the twin evils. These are the twin evils that are running the world, affecting our culture, and they must be stopped. They must be confronted. In order to stop them, though, what is the first step of any war? To recognize you're in a war. To declare war on the enemy. To have an honest conversation about who the enemy is and to evaluate the weapon systems, the tools, the tactics which have a chance of success against that enemy. So we've got to name it. We've got to name it. Usury and sodomy. The twin evils ruining our culture and we have to oppose both of them. This has been an awesome first hour with you folks. Next hour, I'll be talking about Russia, 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 and the trad wars. It has been so interesting who is lining up on which side of the fence. Are you pro-Russia or are you pro-Ukraine? Is that a false dichotomy? I don't know. I cannot wait for the next hour. Mike here with Restoring the Faith. You can check me out, restoringthefaith.com. Subscribe on YouTube, Restoring the Faith Media. Filling in for the King Dude himself, the man, the myth, the legend, here on the Crusade Channel, the last live radio station there is. You know, I love the Bee Gees. Send your hate, it's fine. It is Friday, it's Fish Friday. (laughs) It's Fish Friday in multiple senses of the word. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Ukraine and Russia for this second hour. It is an honor to be with you, Mike from Restoring the Faith Media, filling in for the king dude himself. I think that Mike Church deserves a golden microphone. You know, El Rushmo could have learned a thing or two from... The King Dude. And the fact of the matter is that the Crusade Channel is the last live radio station there is, and it's an honor to be with you for a second hour. You can see my really podunk made-in-Google-websites website at RestoreTheFaith.com. A lot of action on YouTube, Restoring the Faith Media on YouTube, and then, of course... Quite active these days on the Twitter. I used to have a Facebook page, in fact, with almost 20,000 followers, but Facebook informed me about a year ago. They, they literally sent me an email and they said, hey, we're going to start throttling your page. We found this meme that you made six months ago, and it said something nice about Mussolini. And so, no, you're done. You're done. And so even though I make a lot of posts on Facebook, the oligarchs know better. The oligarchs have, at least they had the courtesy to inform me that they were going to throttle the page. Used to put memes or whatever out on Facebook and get a few hundred likes, sometimes a thousand. (laughs) Now I get three. It's not even worth it. 
just letting the page float away. But if you want to like the page on Facebook, you can do that too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Russia, Russia, Russia. It's a good thing that uh, the United States, being led by fake Catholic usurper-in-chief Joe Biden, it's a good thing that he's totally dialed in to what is happening in Eastern Europe. Here he is, your commander-in-chief, describing what is happening. How do we get to the place where, you know, Putin decides he's going to just invade Russia? Nothing like this has happened since World War II. Putin's invading Russia. Wait, did, did we catch that? How did we get to the point where Putin is invading? I thought Putin was Russian. Am I... Hold, did I hear that right? How do we get to the place where, you know, Putin decides he's going to just invade Russia? Nothing like this has happened since World War II. Oh, my goodness. Guys, folks, ladies, gentlemen, this is your commander-in-chief. This is the man to whom the Department of Defense reports. This is the man with the nuclear codes. This is the man who is ostensibly, anyway, on paper, the leader of the so-called free world. This is the most powerful man on planet Earth. And he is asking a rhetorical question about what is happening in Russia and the Ukraine. How do we get to the place where... You know, Putin decides he's going to... You know the thing. ...just invade Russia. You know Nothing the thing. Like it happens since World War II. It's never happened since World... Wait, hold on. It hasn't happened since World War II? Putin invading somebody? Didn't he go into the Crimean region? Didn't he invade the Republic of Georgia? Did I make that up? Remember when Bush... Baby Bush was there? Republic of Georgia? No? Man. All right. I, all right, that's the last time I'll play it. I'm sorry. I, that's the last time I'll play it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was. I thought it was hilarious. I don't even know. I don't even know if Joe Biden is truly in office. I really don't. Okay. Speaking of Joe Biden and the adulation for dear leader, are you aware that Senator Lindsey Graham, longtime senator from the glorious state of South Carolina? Senator Lindsey Graham went out to Twitter and publicly called for the assassination of Vladimir Putin. Vlad. Vladdy. Now, Lindsey Graham, if you caught the first hour that I was with you today, if you caught the 7 o'clock hour central, you would have heard me talking quite a bit about homo-narcissism. I want you to listen to Lindsey Graham's high praise recently on TikTok of his former colleague from the Senate, Joe Biden. If you can't admire Joe Biden as a person, then it's probably you got a problem. <laughs> you need to do some self-evaluation because what's not to like? And um, he's the nicest person I think I've ever met in politics. Is that right? He is as good a man as God ever created. As good a man as God ever created. 
What makes him intrinsically good is that he kills babies. He destroys families and he appoints fags to the cabinet. And that's what makes him good. I'm sorry. I said the F word on live radio. I think it'll be okay. Lindsey Graham. Showering. Fake Catholic usurper chief Joe Biden with the high praise as good a man as God ever created. This is the absolute state of your Republican Party. This is the absolute state of politics in these United States. It's a false dichotomy. Red versus blue, Republican versus Democrat, right versus left, conservative versus liberal. It's a false dichotomy. And that same narrative, that same paradigm of thinking is what they're hoping to entrap us in on the Russia and Ukraine issue. My hat's off to the king dude for being one of the clarion voices of sanity in this whole Russia-Ukraine thing. Here's the thing. And I, at this point, I know I'm preaching to the choir. Because if you're listening to the Crusade channel, especially if you're a premium subscriber, this is preaching to the choir here. If Taylor Swift and Alec Baldwin and Sean Penn and CNN and Fox News and the administration and Sean Hannity all agree that Putin is Hitler, if they are all pushing the same narrative, if they are all telling you the same thing, if they are all insisting that Russia is at fault and Ukraine are the good guys, Zelensky, the Jewish comedian, is the good guy, if they're all insisting that, I'm sorry, I may have to abstain from that conversation. You know what? I may have to think for myself. Just for a minute. Just for one minute, I might have to think for myself. If Sean Penn and Sean Hannity are both selling the same narrative, is this COVID 2.0? Is this a shamdemic? Plandemic? Remember, Everybody was on the same page. Trump, Fauci, Biden, Clintons, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, Disney, Sony, Taylor Swift. We have to lock down. Two weeks to flatten the curve. It's a deadly virus. It's spreading. We don't know what this is. You're essential. You're non-essential. We tell you who's available to go to work and who isn't. Take the Trump bucks. Take the Trump bailouts. Money, 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 money. We've been down this road, ladies and gentlemen. We have done this before. When Lindsey Graham 
agrees with Lindsay Lohan, there's a problem. There is a problem. I just acquired just this morning, haven't even listened to it yet. I'm going to listen to it with you. Some congressional testimony about what used to be called a conspiracy theory. Two days ago, this was a conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. It was a conspiracy theory that the United States had bioweapons being manufactured in Ukraine. And Putin's like, uh, I have an issue with that. Can you imagine if the Russians were making bioweapons in, let's say, I don't know, Cuba? Do you think we would have an issue with that? Here's the testimony. I haven't heard it. I think you need to hear it. Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. Did my ears just hear that right? Did a United States government official just admit that the United States has a national security interest in our bioweapons labs in the Ukraine and we are concerned that the Russians are seeking to gain control of those bio labs and or to destroy them? Is that what I just heard? Did you hear that too? Ladies and gentlemen... If the United States is manufacturing bioweapons on the literal border, on the literal Russian border, look, we know that Fauci has ties to Wuhan. We know that the United States sent $35 million into the Wuhan lab. We know that the United States paid for, quote-unquote, gain of function. What is that? Making a virus more virulent. Making it easier to transmit. We know that that's a thing. We know that Bill Gates has said that there's going to be another pandemic. Will it be another lab leak? You know, the lab leak theory, if you said the words lab and leak together on YouTube, you were banned. I know this from personal experience. You cannot say lab leak on YouTube for two years. Then suddenly it became permissible speech. Or as Justin Trudeau would call it, acceptable views. It's an acceptable view now to say that it was a lab leak from the Wuhan lab. That COVID-1984 was invented That it was a bioweapon that was leaked from a lab, either intentionally or inadvertently. And that it shares many of the properties and proteins with HIV. This is why people are now testing positive for HIV when they're not 
sodomites. Fauci sent $35 million to Wuhan, and he was the guy to clean it up. By the way, where is Fauci? Where is Fauci? Is he hiding under a rock somewhere? So we know that the tech oligarchs, the self-appointed governors of the world, such as Bill Gates, are saying that there's going to be another global pandemic. We know now that we have weaponized biolabs in the Ukraine that we are funding. We are funding research and development into bioweapons just across the border from Russia. What the hell did we expect would happen? What did we expect? Now, I want to play you this clip from George Soros. It's an oldie but a goodie. Speaking of the oligarchs, the money power, Soros and Gates, two of the villainous men that run the world. Soros here talking about the USSR. It's more relevant today than ever before. When the Soviet Union, uh, the Soviet Empire collapsed, and as the empire uh, uh, collapsed, uh, uh, I moved in and picked up the pieces. Uh, first in Hungary in 1984, uh, and then Poland in 87, China in 87 as well. Uh, and uh, so this is how the, this... Uh, what I'm, the Soros Empire uh, was replacing the Soviet Empire. <laughs> and how do you think you're doing in your imperial ambitions? The Soros Empire is replacing the Soviet Empire. I picked up the pieces when the USSR collapsed. I went into Poland, I went into Hungary, I went into China. He didn't say Ukraine, but he went into Ukraine. The Soros Empire in lieu of the Soviet Empire. The Soros Empire, ladies and gentlemen. George Soros picking up the pieces and continuing the mission, the struggle for communist domination of the world. Meanwhile, the person who's there to stop him. How do we get to the place where you know, Putin decides he's going to just invade Russia. Nothing like this has happened since World War II. Biden can't even figure out which country Putin invaded. Biden doesn't even have the cognitive ability to discern what is truly happening in the world. He's a shill. He's a puppet. He is a puppet of George Soros. He is a puppet of the Jewish money powers. He is a puppet of usury and sodomy. Remember when Trump said that this would all happen? Look, I'm not a Trump guy, per se. I recognize that Operation Warp Speed is evil. It set this whole vaccine thing into motion. It has ruined the lives of many, including partially ruining my life. Operation Warp Speed, forced vaccines in the military. 
I recognize that Trump locked us down, that Trump bought into or was complicit with or was part of the COVID-1984 conspiracy. I recognize that Trump bailed out the Catholic Church, that he sent $3.5 billion to the Roman Catholic Church in exchange for their complicit lockdowns, shutdown, and withholding of the sacraments from the faithful. In some cases, for more than a year. I know that Trump changed the Overton window on family issues. I know that he was the very first president in the history of the United States to appoint an active sodomite to the cabinet. I know all of these things, okay? Don't call me a Trump guy. Don't accuse me of being a Trump guy. But I remember this point in the Trump-Biden debate, and Trump was 100% right, Biden was 100% wrong, and Trump predicted exactly what we are seeing today. Here it is. Would you close down the oil industry? By the way, I have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I will that's transition. A big it you. is a big statement that's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But that's you can't a big do statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry. I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. He won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas. Excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do All give right. it to solar and wind. We and that's maybe the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically, what he's saying question. is he is Mr. going President? to destroy the oil industry. Okay. Will you remember that, Texas? Will you okay. remember that, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me give you ten seconds to respond, Ohio. and then I. Oh, wow. Uh, well, he did it. He called it. He nailed it. Trump nailed it. He told us exactly what would happen, ladies and gentlemen. He told us what was going to come to pass. DJT, 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, predicted that if Biden got into the White House, we would have an energy crisis and it's happening. It's actually happening. It's actually happening. And what's so interesting about this, let's let's break this down. Can you put your tinfoil hats on with me for a second? Can you put your tinfoil hats on because this is this is how this is related to Russia and Ukraine. And I only have 20 minutes to make this point. And I think you're going to find it to be very useful to you. I hope you find it useful to you. Put your tinfoil hats on with me. Trump predicted to a T what would happen in the future, and it is happening. Let's just call that what it is for a moment, predictive programming. 
let's just assume for a second that Trump is not an outsider. He's an insider. He's a billionaire, New York, real estate developer. He's close to the money powers. He engages in usury all the time. He has no problem with sodomy, usury and sodomy. Trump was telling us what was going to happen because he knew what was going to happen. He knew that the election was going to be stolen. He knew that Biden was going to get in. He knew that there would be an energy crisis. And ladies and gentlemen, he knew about our bio labs in Ukraine. He knew what Putin would do. The United States in 2014 sacked the Ukrainian government. And we put in our own pro-American, pro-Western, pro-sodomy, pro-usury, pro-abortion government. Zelensky is a Jewish actor, a Jewish comedian. He has no problem killing babies. He has no problem with usury or sodomy. Now, in these United States, we are being conditioned to believe that there are only two choices. Republican or Democrat. Conservative or liberal. That's it. Are you on the red team or are you on the blue team? Which team are you on? It's right or wrong, baby. It's black or white. That is a false dichotomy. I want to play you Lindsey Graham's comments one more time for context. If you can't admire Joe Biden as a person, then it's probably you got a problem. <laughs> you need to do some self-evaluation. Because what's not to like? And um, he's the nicest person I think I've ever met in politics. Is that right? He is as good a man as God ever created. This is fake. These people are all on the same team. It doesn't matter what the initials are after their name, if it's an R or a D. It doesn't matter. It's the elites and everybody else. It's the globo homo versus the middle class family. It's usury and sodomy. Versus Christ. That is the real choice. It's Christ the King or nothing. It's Christ the King or nothing. That's it. Those are the two choices. They don't want you to think in those terms, though. And so they're framing it up. It's Russia versus Ukraine. And you're supposed to believe that Russia is bad. And you're supposed to believe that Ukraine is good. It's a uniparty system. It's a uniparty system in the United States masquerading as real choices between two people who are really the same person. Just like the conflict over there. And this is why I started this hour off with my hats off to you, the audience of the Crusade Channel. 
the last live radio station there is. And to the King Dude, and to Barrett, and to Hall, and all the other commentators on this magnificent platform who see this for what it is. It's Christ the King or nothing. It's not Putin or Zelensky. It's not Putin or the Ukraine. It's not Russia or Ukraine. They're both bad. That's that's the enlightened view. This is the view of somebody who sees reality for what it is. And I'm not claiming that I see reality perfectly. I think a lot of us find reality to be obscure in so many ways. There are those who intentionally seek to obscure reality from our view and to be truly connected to objective reality in the traditional Latin mass. It helps to remove the scales from our eyes. When we realize that the struggle of our time is the struggle of Viva Cristo Rey. It's not Republican versus Democrat. It's not communist versus fascist. It's not Putin versus Zelensky. It is Christ versus Antichrist. That is the struggle of our time. It is Christ or nothing. And nothing else matters. You see, when Alec Baldwin and Sean Hannity, mortal enemies, when they agree, when they are telling us one thing, alarm bells should go off. Alarm bells. When they are trying to convince us that there is a good guy and a bad guy, when they frame the debate in terms of righteousness and unrighteousness, virtue versus sin, good guy versus bad guy, they are framing the debate the same way that our Politicians in these United States like to frame their debates. Republican versus Democrat. It's the uniparty system. We know that it is the elites who hate God, who hate Christ, versus the soldiers of Christ, the Cristeros, the Vendée. We are the Vendée. We are the Cristeros. We are the true disciples of Christ. Viva Cristo Rey. That is the true struggle of our time. That's the struggle of our time. And so when you look at the trad wars... I, I wanted to bring this up. I'm not sure why. Uh, 
some people in the traditional Catholic world are still falling into the false dichotomy. They still think that Trump is going to save us. They're looking for a political solution when there is none. And those same people are falling for the narrative. I'll give you an example. On one side of the fence, let's say, you have people who are buying into this anti-Putin narrative. Putin is the devil. He's KGB. He's communist. This is unjustified war. He's invaded his neighbor. He has to be stopped. A lot of those things are true. But there's more to the story. But the people who are behind this, Roroticelli, big blog. The American TFP. Michael Matt and the Remnant. Church Militant. A lot of people are buying into the narrative. They're buying into the narrative. At the same time, it would be an error to live on the other extreme. To say... Putin is the last man defending traditional values. Putin is banning porn. He's opposed to sodomy. He's striking back against the money power. It's a justified defense because of the United States and our bioweapons and our puppet state in Ukraine and pushing Ukraine towards joining NATO. This is a war of self-defense for Putin. Putin is the good guy. People who say that have also gone too far. And there are trad outlets who are making that case. But what we're witnessing is Duganism, which is the philosophy underlying what Putin is doing. It's neo-communism. Duganism. It's neo-communism disguised in the, in the thin veneer of fascism. Alexander Dugan is a communist philosopher in Russia, a close personal friend of Vladimir Putin, advises him on matter, matters of geopolitical importance. And the philosophy of Duganism is on full display. We, we cannot support Duganism, and we cannot support Zionism, which is the alternative to Duganism, or at least the alternative that we are being presented with. Do you see the game that's being played now when it's framed in those terms? Set up a straw man enemy. Establish an objective enemy. Communism. Duganism. The Russians are back. The Soviets. Putin. The KGB. All bad, right? Oppose it. How do you oppose it? Oh, I've got the answer. Propose the solution. Propose the solution, which is Zionism. Here, I have the solution. I have the answer. The answer to communism 
is Judeo-Christian society, Judeo-Christian Zionists, pro-Israel, pro-Zelensky, pro-West, pro-free trade, pro-pornography, pro-sodomy, pro-usury. Do you see how they want you to fall into this trap? This is a trap. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the trap that they have set for us. The false dichotomy of what's happening in Russia and the Ukraine. By the way, why is it the Ukraine? Everyone says it. I say it too. They want you to fall into the, the false dichotomy of believing that there's a good guy and there's a bad guy, and we got to be with the good guys. Zelensky is an actor. He's literally an actor. He once played a role in which he was the president of, the, of Ukraine. He's a comedian. Why is he always pictured wearing his military green fatigues? This is stagecraft. This is Hollywood magic. They are doing to us what we have long perfected, done to ourselves, and exported to the world. This is information warfare. This is psychological terrorism. So what is the answer? What is the answer? The answer is Christ the King. That's it. And which between the two, between Vladimir Putin and, K- and post-KGB Russia or U.S.-backed Israel-loving crisis actor Zelensky, which between the two is advancing the kingdom of Christ? The reestablishment of the social reign of Christ the King. The reestablishment of Christendom. Well, neither. Neither of them. Neither of them are seeking to reestablish Christendom. Neither of them are in communion with the Roman Catholic Church. Neither of them has a vested interest in Western civilization. Neither of them are true friends of Christ. None of the above is a valid, multiple-choice answer. Forget this true-false stuff. It's a false dichotomy, what the media is selling you. And what traditional Catholic media is often selling you too. Forget it. Don't fall into the false dichotomy. The false binary thinking that there's a good guy and there's a bad guy. It's either true or false. That's it. How about neither? How about none of the above? I vote for none of the above. I vote for none of the above, ladies and gentlemen, because you know what? Let them duke it out. Let them kill each other. Why do we have to be involved? 
Why do we have to be involved at all? Why do we have to care? It's theatrics. And so far, as far as I can tell, our involvement is merely to defend our own illegal bioweapon facilities in Ukraine. And moreover, our involvement is in facilitating the ultimate goals of the World Economic Forum, which are to get everybody living in pods and eating bugs. Our involvement is to ensure that the breadbasket of Europe, Ukraine, is under duress and stops exporting grain to the world. Hungary is ex- is, has stopped exporting grain to anyone. About a third to one half of the global grain market has just disappeared. And a lot of you are on the keto diet and you're gluten-free, so you don't care. Well, what do you think your beef eats? What do you think your livestock feeds on? We can't get fertilizer. We can't get grain. This serves the agenda of the masters, George Soros, Bill Gates. That's our only involvement. Our only involvement is Agenda 2030. You will live in the pod, you will eat the bugs, you will own nothing, and you will be happy. The George Soros empire continues to expand. He's picking up the pieces, and eventually he'll pick up the pieces of these shattered United States. So it doesn't matter if you support Zelensky or if you support Putin. Either way, you're wrong. Because what you're really supporting is the World Economic Forum. What you're really supporting is hyperinflation. What you're really supporting is global food supply chain shortages changing our lifestyles. Eat less beef. It's good for the environment. Eat less beef. It'll make you less angry. Eat less beef. Your heart will live longer. Eat less beef because we said so. Because we tell you how to live. That is what the homo narcissist does. He tells you how to live. He wants to control your life. He can't leave good enough alone. The homo narcissist has an empty, vapid, shallow interior life, nothing going on inside, and therefore the need to control his exteriors. Therefore the desire to tell you what to do Sodomy and usury always results in tyranny. Sodomy and usury always results in the displacement of Christ the King. It leads to blasphemy. It leads to profanation. Sodomy and usury. And ladies and gentlemen, both Hungary, sorry, Ukraine, and Russia are big-time proponents of sodomy and and usury. If you heard my first hour, I told you all about the homo narcissists. And what is the solution? Christ the King. Viva Cristo Rey. Guys, it's been an honor to be with you. 
This is Mike from Restoring the Faith. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You know, it's a privilege to be able to say things on live radio that you cannot say on YouTube. Restoring the Faith Media on YouTube. RestoringTheFaith.com I hope if you are hearing my voice, I hope you are now prepared to oppose the homo-narcissists. Usury and sodomy, they always come together and they are the insidious, secret, despicable sins that the enemies of Christ use to ruin society. Hey, uh, while I still have you, I want to play one more clip for you. I want to play one more clip. I'm not sure where the producer went because the show's supposed to end. So you're getting an extended time with me. I wonder if this is predictive programming. I wonder if John Kerry, the climate czar, isn't telling us What's coming next? We're already seeing climate refugees around the world. If you think migration has been a problem in Europe from the Syrian war, or even from what we see now, where do you see 100 million people for whom the entire food production capacity has collapsed? There it is. I leave that with you. John Kerry telling you what's coming. 100 million people displaced. Global food collapse. That's what this is about. That is what... The war is about. There's no good guys. Viva Crystal Ray. Thank you so much for listening. It's been an honor to be with you. God bless you. And say a prayer for me and my family as we battle church militant. And if you're so inclined to give to my legal defense, go to givesendgo.com slash defeatcmtv. Take care, guys.